3: Hey, everybody. It's Wednesday, September 13th, 2023. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, M.G. Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio. We got specialists. We got a whole row of y'all over there. Go give give yourselves a round of applause. Parky. We we make this thing happen. You guys make this thing happen, and uh, we are glad that you are here. We are glad that you are here watching Listening, however, it is that you are engaging with us. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, we are through week one officially. We got through the Monday night. I haven't spoken to you since the the Monday night. I, from the uh, Bills'
4: perspective, a debacle. How are you feeling? Not great. Yeah. Like a week one loss is is not a big deal, except for when it feels like, hey, they did not fix any of the issues that cost them the season a year ago.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a rough ending for the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, a rough night for the New York Jets uh, after the win. I've been having to deal with the Aaron Rodgers fallout. We're previewing TNF and the early Sunday games from week two. Plus, we're wondering if some week one flops can rebound this week. But let's start with a couple of fantasy headlines. A big one coming out of Pittsburgh. Deontay Johnson left Sunday's game against the San Francisco 49ers with an injury. He could be out for up to four weeks Florio, you know, both you and I love Deontay Johnson this year, thought he's going to be a big part of what the Steelers do. This is a big blow to their offense. Who ends up benefiting for the Steelers in the lineup?
4: The hope is that it's George Pickens. But even last week, he wasn't the top target getter for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Earning targets is the one thing that George Pickens seems to struggle with. When you throw the ball his way, he can make a lot of good things happen. But it looks like to me like it's going to be a piecing together of Allen Robinson and Calvin uh, Austin stepping up here and getting I almost said Calvin Ridley uh, getting more work uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I do
3: think uh, Calvin Austin sort of benefits here because he's the guy who took over last week. Played the majority of his snaps in the second half after Deontay Johnson got hurt. Allen Robinson, shockingly, was the guy who got the most targets in the Pittsburgh offense. Didn't see that coming after what happened with him last year uh, in Los Angeles with the Rams. So uh, we'll kind of keep an eye on it. I know someone asked me about Pat Fryermuth. I think Fryermuth maybe gets a couple more targets, but he was already going to be on the field. So it's not like he's going to play more snaps uh, because there's no Deontay Johnson. In Philadelphia, other side of the same state, Kenneth Gainwell... Not expected to play on Thursday Night Football. This is the guy who, shockingly, was the lead running back for the Philadelphia Eagles in Week 1. Does that mean DeAndre Swift is
4: back in our lives? I think so. Uh, Nick Sirianni came out and was like, there's going to be weeks where we're not using him a whole lot, and then there's going to be other weeks where he's leading the team. And I'm like, that is insanely frustrating <laughs> for fantasy football. But Kenneth Gainwell, again, like looking like he's not going to play. I think DeAndre Swift could be what Gainwell was, and and that is the best dual threat back on this roster. Like, Rashad Penny could be used, but when Rashad Penny's out there, you know that they're planning on running the ball. So I think when you have someone like Gainwell or Swift, it kind of keeps defenses on their toes because they can either run the ball well or they're both good pass catchers and pass protectors as well. Yeah, I mean, we always love clarity
3: and the fact that Sirianni made that comment about Swift's usage potentially over the course of the season is frustrating. It's confusing. And uh, honestly, it makes me a little bit scared in my tummy when I uh, think about it a little bit. So uh, we'll see how things go. Obviously, we'll get a better sense of it once we get closer to the Thursday night kickoff. Uh, and then we can try to make our decisions based on that. But this is going to be a lingering headache for fantasy managers all year long. Speaking of TNF, let's take a look at the game preview for this week's game. The Minnesota Vikings head to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles Eight fifteen Eastern. You can see that game on Prime Video. Let's start. Why not? Start with Justin Jefferson. Let's go with a more or less. 95 receiving yards for Justin Jefferson this week against the
4: Eagles. I'm going to say more, but I think it's going to be because the Vikings are trailing in this game. I think this is going to be a get-right game for Jalen Hurts and the Eagles' offense. Their defense is going to make life very difficult for... Kirk Cousins and co, but I think if they're chasing points late, that means a lot of airing the ball out, which means good things for Justin Jefferson.
3: I'm going to say that it's over because, well, he's Justin Jefferson, and that's the reason why. There's gonna, he's going to get a ton of targets, going to get a lot of opportunity, and yeah, it probably will help if they are playing from behind, but uh, look, we saw Jordan Addison have a very nice week one, you know. but this is still Justin Jefferson's team. This is still the offense. It runs through him, so I say over as well. Uh, because that's just what Justin Jefferson does. On the other side, talk about Kenny Gainwell, potentially not uh, being available for Thursday night football. So then who will be Philadelphia's lead running back this week?
4: DeAndre Swift. And originally I had Kenny Gainwell because he was the (laughs) RB1 in week one. I know a lot of people want to galaxy brain this and say that they were saving him for Swift uh, for the short week. I don't think so. I think that Gainwell was just who impressed the coaches the most. But with him out, I think it comes into DeAndre Swift for all the reasons I said earlier, the unpredictability that he brings to this offense. So I'm anticipating it will be him.
3: I'm going to say Rashad Penny, which I know seems off the wall because he was a healthy scratch in week one. Uh, I think some of it, though, was kind of the matchup. They wanted to have more versatility against the New England Patriots. And so that allowed them to have both DeAndre Swift, Kenny Gainwell in there. I don't know that they need to be quite as tricky against a Vikings defense that has struggled. And I think you will want more of a straight ahead between the tackles runner. That's what Rashad Penny offers. So I think this is going to be a week that you see him active. And now with Gainwell possibly out of the lineup, uh, I think you're going to see Penny get a whole lot of opportunity. The fact that we've said all this means that it's going to be Boston Scott. That's all there is to it because that's how things work uh, on this show and (laughs) in fantasy football in general. We are just getting started. We got plenty to get through as we continue through the entire week to slate Packers and the Falcons coming up after the break, trying to figure out what to do with some of these pass catchers there in Atlanta. That's next on the NFL fantasy football show.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses.
2: And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
3: We'll get the Sunday slate rolling down in Atlanta with the Green Bay Packers taking on the Atlanta Falcons. And last week wasn't so bad if you had a Falcons running back. If you started B. John Robinson, if you somehow started Tyler Algier, you were pretty okay with what happened down there. If you started Kyle Pitts or Drake London, it was a much different story. Also a reminder in the postgame that fantasy lives rent-free in Arthur Smith's head. Uh, So this week, going against the Green Bay Packers, do you dare start
4: either Drake London or Kyle Pitts? Drake London, no. Uh, Just one target, zero fantasy points. uh, And the thing is, he was running a whole bunch of routes. It was like 5% of his routes he was targeted on. It is hard to trust that. Kyle Pitts... I will start still. And people could call me crazy. You're crazy. Part of it is because he's a tight end and the bar is so much lower for a fantasy tight end. But then he was their top receiver last week in terms of yards. You see here, if you're watching the video show, he could win. Look at that catch. How do you watch this guy make that catch and then say, I am not going to throw the ball? Only Arthur Smith could do that. I, I don't understand it. But. There was other plays rewatching this game where Kyle Pitts was wide open. I think better days are coming for him.
3: I think better days are coming, but this is not a week that certainly with Drake London that I really want to mess around. I can probably make the case for starting Kyle Pitts. As you mentioned, we expect less out of the tight end position. So that will help in that respect. But it's apparent that Arthur Smith wants to run the football. I think in part because he wants to try to hide his quarterback a little bit. We saw that last year with Marcus Mariona and in, a semi-small but steadily growing sample size for Desmond Ritter. It doesn't look like there's been a major upgrade at the quarterback position for Atlanta. So because of that, they're trying to hide him. They're they're trying to you know limit how much he throws the football and that is going to have an impact on London and Pitts. I know we try not to overreact on things from week one, but I'm not going to lie to you. I am very concerned about both those guys at this point what? because this is just kind of what it is. Because uh, Arthur uh,
4: Smith is going to view it as we won this game. We don't have to throw the ball to these guys. And it's it's counterintuitive.
3: By the way, Arthur Smith, you've only won seven games in back-to-back seasons. You're not necessarily winning a lot of games. Make maybe the playoffs, maybe. Up. Maybe. S- you're in a bad division. Like, you're not. Oh. Sorry. I don't. Let me. Let me.
4: Fantasy's least favorite coach by far. Wusa. All right, here we go.
3: Uh, (laughs) Raiders and the Bills. The Raiders coming off a big win over the Broncos to start the season. The Bills trying to shake off that uh, ugly loss against the Jets on Monday night. Uh, Stephon Diggs is a start. Duh. Any other pass catchers that you have any interest in not named Stephon Diggs?
4: No. Um, and it's kind of becoming like the Chiefs offense, I think, where you start the quarterback, you start the top target, and then the rest, it might just be until someone steps up. This looks like they're going to spread the ball out a whole bunch. James Cook was the second most thrown to player. Obviously, you're starting him, I think, but for pass catchers, Gabe Davis had four targets. Kincaid had four targets. Knox had four targets. Uh, we saw Deontay Harris getting involved in there. Right now, it just seems like they're going to be spreading the ball out. It's digs or bust. and by the way, for all the Allen and Diggs narratives we heard all offseason, those two guys were were in each other's corners on the sideline. And Stefan Diggs was putting Sauce Gardner and Reed on skates. Uh the narrative was just overblown. I just wanted to get that in there. All
3: right, there he goes. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm I, I just I don't really know what pass catchers to trust. And I was big on uh Dalton Kincaid, and it's early. But what I saw on Monday night was an offense that is using both of its tight ends uh, very heavily. So I do wonder whether or not Knox and Kincaid are going to sort of cannibalize each other a little bit. Uh, Gabe Davis is who he is. I mean, he will have the spike weeks in there, but he's not going to be a guy you can trust consistently. The only other, I guess, quote-unquote pass catcher is James Cook that I feel good about, and he's getting the run, the running back opportunity. So that sort of uh, makes him a little bit more reliable. But, yeah, this Bill's offense, for as high-powered as it is, Uh, the fantasy options are sort of few and far between, uh, at least early in the season. Ravens and the Bengals, big rivalry matchup in the AFC North. Unfortunately for the Ravens, J.K. Dobbins is gone for the season after the Achilles injury. Justice Hill was a popular waiver wire pick. Gus Edwards might have gotten drafted depending on how deep your league is. He's going to be on rosters. Melvin Gordon uh, likely to be elevated to the 53-man roster as well any of those guys that you would feel comfortable starting this week against Cincy?
4: No, I, I think like I'm of the three, I want Gus Edwards the most. And that, and that's the one that I went most aggressive for on the waiver wire uh, this week. But there's uncertainty, like you said, over who's going to get more touches. This could just be a three headed committee. Remember what it looked like last year when it was like Kenny and Drake, I forget all the running backs they were throwing out there at different ports. So the last two years, honestly, it, it has just been a mix and match type of thing. Um, I want to see it first. I need to see who's going to get the work, especially considering they're playing the Bengals, who have been really stingy to running backs in the past.
3: They have been. I, Over the long haul, uh, I don't even know how to approach this, really. I guess in the short term, I, I like Gus Edwards. He's a guy that I drafted a lot. You and I talked about this during the offseason because the ADP was so much mm-hmm. nicer. Uh, he's a guy that I drafted a lot. But I think... I think things are going to change there in Baltimore. It looked early on as though Todd Monken was going to be a one running back guy and JK Dobbins was going to get all of that work. Now that he's gone, I think it might turn into more of a committee situation, which is ultimately going to be frustrating because you throw in the fact that Lamar Jackson is going to run as well. So it's going to be hard to figure out. You mentioned the defense uh, that they're going up against this week. Uh, That certainly makes it a little bit more uh, scary to try and figure out a Ravens running back. So if you can get one off the waiver wire, if you were able to get justice Hill, if you were able to get Gus Edwards, don't, Panic and get rid of them, uh, but understand that, you know, at best, they are going to be, I think, flex options for you most of the year because it's going to be uh, just kind of a a hot hand sort of situation there in Baltimore this year. Seahawks and the Lions. This, I think, has the makings of a very fun game this week. Same. Between two pretty good offenses. Uh, Should be a lot of back and forth in this one. A lot of interesting rookies here. On the Detroit side, you got Jameer Gibbs uh, and Sam Laporta. On the Seattle side, you got Jackson Smith and Jigba any one of those guys you like more than the other, potentially.
4: I like all three of them. I actually have all three as starts this week. Uh, Gibbs is the one i have the most confidence in. I know he didn't get as much work as we were hoping, but watching him, your eyes told you the truth. This kid has it. He's got the juice. So much explosiveness, but I didn't expect the physicalness out of him. He was not afraid to lower his shoulder, run into the defender, and then the contact balance. He was bouncing off of it. It was so hard to take him down, so I'm a big fan of Gibbs. I think he's going to get more work. Laporta looked apart. I know JSN disappointed. I think that was more about the Seahawks' passing attack, but the Lions gave up a lot of yards in the passing game, especially the slot receivers, and that's where he was running a lot of his routes.
3: I love Sam Laporta. He was one of the guys especially in best ball leagues that I drafted the most of this year because you could get him late, uh, you know, and, and he was immediately going to have a role. And we saw that in week one against the Chiefs. the The depth chart for tight ends for Detroit is pretty barren. So Laporta was out there immediately. And as is the thing with some of these new age tight ends, They're not asking him to block. They just want him to run routes and catch the football. So the learning curve for him is going to be a little bit shorter. In an offense, that's throwing the ball a lot. And yeah, Josh Reynolds had a pretty nice day in week one. But right now, it's Amon Ross St. Brown. And who gets those other targets really much up for grabs at the moment. Sam Laporta can step in and get a whole lot of them. So uh, I'm very excited about Laporta this week and going forward. Because we just need more tight ends. That's what we need in our fantasy lives. More tight ends. There it is. Speaking of tight ends, we're going to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs and their tight end, Travis Kelsey, as well as the rest of that offense. Stick around for more game previews on the NFL Fantasy Football Show.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh
1: Restrictions apply. Offer ends
3: June 30th, 2024. Let's take a pause from the game previews, look at some guys who last week might have let us down, and decide whether or not they're going to bounce back in week two. We will start at quarterback with Daniel Jones. Look, there were some big name quarterbacks that sort of let us down, but I think we feel good about the Joe Burrows and Jalen Hurtses of the world getting better in week two. Daniel Jones, a little bit of a different situation because the Giants were pummeled by the Cowboys on Sunday night football, losing 40 to nothing. Daniel Jones had a miserable day, as did the rest of his Giants teammates. This week, they have the Cardinals. Do we feel good about him bouncing back?
4: I do. Uh, The the Cowboys are his kryptonite. I had him as a sit last week. There's not many quarterbacks you want to start against that Cowboys defense. The good thing is the Cardinals are not The Cowboys defense, they've allowed the fourth-most passing touchdowns and ninth-most passing yards since last season. And Dimes led the Giants in rushing attempts. I still think all the reasons we were excited for him coming into the season still apply. Just don't play him against Dallas. Don't play him against Dallas. I think you can play him this week, but I also, you know,
3: I'm of the opinion that Daniel Jones is sort of who he is um he's a fringe qb1 at best uh, so understand that going in that i think he's a guy that you know a good week he gets you 20 22 points and that's sort of nice but um that is kind of i think where his ceiling is so i think he's startable i think he bounces back from last week uh, i don't expect anything spectacular even uh, against the arizona cardinals josh jacobs who got in late after finally signing the contract got in just before the start of the season Did not have a great day against the Denver Broncos in week one. Does he bounce back in week two against your Buffalo Bills?
4: Yes, in a big way, I think. He saw a whole bunch of volume, and that's what we want for Josh Jacobs. He had 19 of the 20 running back carries. And if you're watching the video show, you see it. Watching this game, he was getting a lot of opportunity near the goal line and stuff. That Broncos defense is just very much so for real. You know who can't stop the run? The Buffalo Bills. Just just watch <laughs> last season. Watch week one. Brees Hall was running all over them. This is a get-right spot for Josh Jacobs. He had uh,
3: 9.1 fantasy points, 48 rushing yards, a couple catches for 23 yards. And I do think that Bills run defense is a soft spot that we're going to be targeting a lot in fantasy. You mentioned it last year. Brees Hall came out and had over 100 yards on just two carries to start the game. So uh, I think Josh Jacobs gets back to it. Jimmy Garoppolo had a nice game, but I still think this offense wants to go primarily through Josh Jacobs. This is a week for them to do that. Plus, if you're the Raiders, you want to run the ball and try to keep Josh Allen and those guys standing on the sideline as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, Najee Harris, you and I said to avoid Najee Harris in week one against the 49ers. That sort of turned out to be true. It was not a great week for him. Uh, this week, they've got the Cleveland Browns who shut down the Bengals last week. Does Najee Harris bounce back?
4: I feel a lot less confident in this one. Um, the Browns defense looked really, really good the other day and, and they were able to hold, uh, Joe Burrow down, but Joe Mixon did rush 13 times for 56 yards the issue is, if you're benching—like, I understood last week. I said to bench Najee Harris because of the matchup. If you're benching Najee Harris two weeks in a row to start the season, why did you draft Najee Harris?
3: That's a good point. I mean, and I, I said last week that you probably weren't benching Najee just because you probably drafted him, say, in the fourth round. And you don't feel like you had another guy who was as good or better than Najee. But the matchup was bad. Jalen Vorm is going to be a problem. I think, again, the Browns defense is going to be a problem this week. I don't think it's going to be as bad. So I think if you call a slight improvement a bounce back, then I think Najee Harris is going to bounce back this week. But I don't think it's going to be like a big you know, big time out breakout for the season kind of performance for Najee Harris. And I think you're going to sort of see this all year. He had 5.3 points last week. Uh, I expect he's going to get you maybe closer to 10, 11 fantasy points this week against Cleveland. I just don't really see a big game coming unless he somehow finds a couple of touchdowns and that's it.
4: Yeah. And I think that might be the case for him week to week all year.
3: Yeah, that's it's a scary spot. That's uh, I think why a lot of people were fading Najee this season. On the other side of that game, for Amari Cooper, sort of an underwhelming performance. And kind of statistically, at least for a lot of the Browns pass catchers, not a great performance. Amari Cooper, three catches for
4: 37 yards. Does he bounce back against the Steelers on Yeah, Sunday? I think so. I think in a, in a pretty big way as well. It's no surprise I was very bullish on Amari Cooper coming into the year. But for week one, it wasn't a great environment. Bad weather. Lou Anoramo uh, is great at limiting opposing pass attacks. I think this week against the Steelers, they'll have better success throwing the ball. My only concern is how much back is Deshaun Watson? Because he did make some questionable throws last week.
3: He did. Uh, I don't think he's going to be as, again, I'm still holding to the fact that he won't be as bad as he was last year, but whether or not he is markedly improved, uh, we still wait to find out. So we will, uh, we'll see about that. But I do think Amari Cooper steps it up again this week. Uh, I think he kind of gets back into our good graces a little bit more. This one seems easy. Dallas Goddard, who gave you 0.0 fantasy points. uh, I guess a good New England defense. Does he bounce back this week against the Vikings on Thursday night?
4: Yeah, he's simply too good not to. Last year, he averaged over two yards per route ran. The only other tight ends who did that were Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. Like, Dallas Goddard is a very good tight end. Uh, The Patriots are a hard matchup. I was watching this game, and the announcers were like, Belichick is throwing schemes that we've never seen before. Uh, and the Vikings are a better matchup for tight ends. Just for peace of mind, remember Devonta Smith last season did not catch a ball in week one. We know that turned out fine. Like, don't overreact to just one down game. Not worried about Dallas Goddard. It'll be fine long term. It
3: was it was a rough game. Also, sort of the nature of tight ends not named Travis Kelsey. There are, there are spikes, there are peaks, there are valleys. So that, you know, this was a valley. And hopefully we don't have too many of those, but we got it out of the way early. Dallas Gardner's going to be fine going forward. You can keep starting him. That'll do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. Stay happy, safe, and healthy. Do good and live well. We'll be back tomorrow to preview the rest of the week two matchups. Talk to you soon.